Um, Caitlin was hilarious. That was a great talk. That was a great talk. What do you did? What do you think about it, Ash? I thought it was great. I thought it's it was gonna awesome. Be, it's going to be really hard to follow her up. Like they just had somebody who's amazing, and then it's like community management. What? <laughs> community management. So you you guys really think you want to be a community manager? Are you sure about that? Really? Are you really? sure? I mean, is this really something you want to do? <laughs> well, our amazing community manager, Ash, or Pebs on Discord. She's on Discord. Don't private message her while we're streaming right now. That wouldn't be very nice. I know. Close your Discord. I, I already minimized it. it, so okay, I'm not good. looking at it. Good. Um, she's going to give this amazing talk from chaos to harmony. And it's all about community management. So get ready and have fun take it away ash thank you dan all right let's get the oh i'm not gonna push buttons okay guys um as dan said <laughs> i'm gonna be doing my talk today on community management it's entitled from chaos to harmony the dull nature of community management now this is definitely not going to be your typical community management talk um i feel like we always make it out to be nothing but rainbows and sunshine and it's totally not. But I am going to go over the rainbows and sunshine part. But I'm also going to give you like the nitty gritty. But before that, let me tell you a bit about myself. I'm Ash Pebs in the Discord. Um, if you are in our IGB Discord, you've probably interacted with me at some point or another. Hi, this is me. Um, so I have over six years of experience being a community manager. Currently the community manager for Indie Game Business. I have five years of streaming experience. I was a Mixer partner, Discord partner, um, Streamloots partner, Nitrato partner. And then when Mixer moved to Facebook, I decided not to go. And I went to Twitch and I got an affiliate chip there. And then I decided, you know what? I just don't want to stream anymore. Um, I am neurospicy. So my day to day <laughs> is a combination of alarms and reminders and having a really awesome team behind me being like, hey, Ash, did you do this? Can we get this? So they're super helpful as well. I am a cat mom to Cajun West. I got little pictures of them right there. I also really love Bioshock horror and all things dinosaur related. <clears throat> I have been raising awareness and money for breast cancer since 2004. While I was streaming, I partnered with numerous um, breast cancer foundations, but the last one I did was with the National Breast Cancer Foundation for their Game Pink campaign. And I was actually, I earned an award for being a top fundraiser in 2021. Over the years of streaming, I have raised almost $10,000 in support. So I'm pretty proud about that. All right. So what we're going to cover today is the basic community, community management duties, the bright side of community management, the dark side of community management, ways to find a community manager, ways to retain them, and ways to stay organized with my little neuro spicy edition. Um, also at the end, if you have any questions for me, we'll be going over them once I'm done with my presentation. All right, fundamental responsibilities of a community manager. Community manager. All right, so I'm just gonna go over a brief look at some of the responsibilities. So typically, when you're hiring a community manager or you're getting into this position, your main objective is going to be facilitating positive interactions and moderation. This could be on social media, Discord, forums, um, stuff like what we're doing actually live on Twitch, YouTube, wherever you're streaming from. 
So you're going to make sure that you're going to want to, you're going to want everything to be just copacetic and great, but it's not always going to be like that. So keep tabs on how people are interacting, what they're interacting about. Typically what I like to do is depending on the, the discord in the project, if it's mature adults, I let them hash it out. Um, to an extent, obviously, if it goes past what's ethical, I step in. But I do let adults kind of just work it out amongst themselves. Um, I try to be pretty hands-off unless needed because sometimes it's just it's hard to decipher text. And, you know, what I might think could be an escalated thing to them, it might not be escalated. So I always like to sit and watch and feel it. And then if it's like, hey, this is too much, I typically jump in. That's how I personally do it. Doesn't work for everybody. Um, community managers can also do feedback management. So for your game or anything else that you're working on, your community manager is going to be watching what the community is saying. They're going to be collecting all of that feedback and hopefully presenting it to you in a way that you know your, your team can grow from it, your game can improve from it. They're also going to be doing events and activities. Um, that's a huge one, especially for community managers. So if you're working on an indie game, you're going to want to facilitate this like amazing group and all these cool activities to get the players and the community involved. So you're going to want to have like game nights and um, game art and stuff like that, being able to use their own creations to kind of like grow and publicize your game, which is like really cool for you because you can also use that for social media. So anything that is brought into the Discord for an activity, you can then recycle that and use it on your social media and be like, hey, this is what our community is doing. Like these are our great activities. So not only are you kind of being like kudos to our community for being so amazing, you're also showing like, hey, we got this, we got that, which is going to intrigue people into joining. Um, community managers also want to make sure that everybody's adhering to the guidelines of the Discord. Now, every Discord is going to be different. For a more like professional Discord like IGB, we have probably more stricter guidelines than say, I don't know, we'll just say Slime Rancher as a game. Slime Rancher's Discord. It's going to be, I guess, more just natural and allowing people to have like more open discussions and post stuff, not in like specific categories and stuff like that. So it's really going to change, <laughs> but you're going to want to make sure that everything's healthy. Everything's great. But even if you are letting the community kind of decide like what channel that they like to talk the most in, that they're still following guidelines, that they're still keeping everything safe and community related. Community managers are also content creators. So as I said earlier, you can actually use the content that's posted in the Discord on your social media and stuff like that. So you can recycle stuff that's being used in there to also post on all of your social medias, um, blogs, stuff like that. You may not like social media, but you have to get used to it because <laughs> at some point or another, Social media is going to tie into what you're doing every day, which leads into social media. So you're going to be doing, you can be doing video editing, 
writing captions, coming up with actual strategies on like what content needs to go out on what days, if you're going to be following a theme, um, what social media is that you really want to focus on, because sometimes, you know, too much, like you don't have to be everywhere at once. So it's finding what works for your game, where you're having like your heavy hitting posts at, and then focusing on that. You do not have to be everywhere. But just like everybody else always says, TikTok is amazing. Um, even if you don't truly understand TikTok, just being able to watch a few things and get like a feel for how it worked for your game would be pretty astronomical because it takes just one simple little video to go viral over there. Now, I have a little disclaimer at the bottom that each community manager role differs greatly. This is 100% true. What I do does not mean that's what you're going to do. And that does not mean that the type of community manager you bring on to your project is going to need to do those things. You might already have team members in place who can do all of this stuff. But if you don't, make sure that the community manager that you bring on is willing to be able to learn and adapt to fit the needs of your company. All right, we're going to move on to Harmony in the Hub, exploring the positives of community management. So we're going to go over just a few of the positive things. There are way more positives than what I wrote down, but I only have a little bit of time to go over everything with you guys. And the positives could take me like a whole hour to talk about. So we're only going to hit a few points of them. So one of the positives is building strong connections. Community managers create supportive and fun communities. They are, it's just, it's so great to watch these people come together who don't know each other, but they have a common passion for something, whether it's gaming, whatever. Watching these people unite and flourish together is just it's probably one of my favorite things about community management. Since I've been doing this for years, I have made some really amazing friends that I met ages ago doing a different project that are still like super close to me today. And I never would have gotten that opportunity if I wasn't a community manager. I get to meet people from all over the world. I get to learn about really cool things that I would have probably never known about. So building those strong connections and watching it grow, not only is it like awesome for the community, but it's super awesome for the community manager. So we also get to observe the community flourish. So when everybody comes together and everything is just like super copacetic and amazing, it's really great to sit back and be like, yeah, I, I had a hand in that. Like I've been here for X amount of time and I watched everybody come together and you have this like sense of just pride knowing like, you know, you help these people in a sense come together and meet and you've, you've watched these projects take off and it's just, it's probably one of the coolest feelings. You also get to craft your own image. So being a community manager, just like with any other position, your reputation will always follow you. So the more willing you are to be there for the community and be there for your team members and just do what you can, that's going to follow you. And that's going to help you network and meet new people and just 
cultivate yourself as, you know, being a really great community manager. However, if you are known as someone who is just abrasive or, you know, jumps to conclusions and is, can, in a sense, be toxic with the community, that is definitely going to follow you. If I were to blow up on everybody who comes into our Discord or somebody who's just, even if they're in the wrong and I'm just publicly bashing them, that's going to get around. Like, hey, IGB's community manager, she's kind of really rude and she's, she's not welcoming and I wouldn't go to that Discord if I were you because you're going to have to deal with her. That stuff follows you and not only is it negative for you, it's negative for the company that you're working for. Because if they find out like, oh, hey, you know, Jay's working there now and we don't like Jay, we're definitely not going to get involved with that project. So you always want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward and that you are crafting your image to be a positive one that people actually want to be around. So being a community manager, you also become a leader. <laughs> Even if you don't see yourself as a leader, which I, I struggle with that. I, I really don't see myself as a leader sometimes. Um, you definitely are. Not only are you stepping up to handle dumpster fires that come in every day or changing things to make it a bit more organized and straightforward for your team, you're also leading this community. You're showing that, you know, you can communicate, you can show empathy, that you are able to actually inspire others. So even if you don't see yourself as a leader, you definitely are. Everybody else is looking at you as a type of leader. So again, you always just want to put your best foot forward. And as a community manager, you are always learning. There are tons of things that I had no clue what they were prior to coming onto the IGB team. Um, there was a lot of back-end behind-the-scenes stuff for gaming that I wasn't as aware of. And now <laughs> I feel so confident in doing, like, pitch deck reviews. So we do pitch deck reviews pretty much every Thursday in our Discord. And prior to helping Omar and Kimberly with them, I really didn't know anything. Um, you know, it was just kind of one of those, yes, I know they exist. No, I've never really taken the time to, to learn or to really do anything with them. But now after doing them every single week, I can pick like exactly what needs to be worked on and what needs to be changed and what they might be missing in it and all those types of really cool things that I had never understand before. But it just took being pushed out of my comfort zone and trying something new and realizing, hey, this is this is pretty cool. And, you know, I really enjoy it. But we've also done like other things with um, IGB that I had no clue what I was doing beforehand. And now it's just like, hey, this is this is kind of nice. Like, I really enjoy actually doing this. So you are always going to be learning and you're always going to be changing. The community manager you were, gosh, six months ago is not the community manager that you are today. It's going to constantly change. And for me personally, I feel like that's a great thing. Nobody wants to feel like they're stuck in a rut. Nobody wants to feel like they're not gaining anything and they're not learning anything. So if you're looking for something where you want to be learning, you want to be changing and, you know, just constantly evolving, 
community management might be for you. So these are all the great things. Now we are going to talk about the bad things. They're not, they are bad. Community management realities shedding light on the dark side. So why is there such a huge turnover rate for community managers? It is an astronomical number. It's massive. So community managers are front and center in the public eye. Um, they often face hostility. They're bullied. They're belittled. They are expect to promptly address issues, even if we have no clue how to address that issue because it's not within our scope. It can be, it can be frustrating because you always have to think of it as like keep your best customer service voice on. And I know people don't want to be spoken to as if, you know, this, they're just dealing with the customer service representative. But technically, that's what it comes down to. You need to sit and think about, you know, how can you de-escalate what's going on without putting the attention on you for everybody to change and turn on you. You also have to keep in mind security. Being front and center means people are going to have more of an incline to DDoS or get into that person's account because that person has so much control when it comes to um, a Discord or forums or even streaming platforms like Twitch, YouTube, etc. So you got to make sure that you have like a plan in place to keep your community manager safe. Because if you don't, and if your community manager hasn't thought about the future and what could potentially happen, then there could be issues. Um, Jay says, I am the most paranoid one on the team. I take that as a compliment. I do always think of the what ifs. So if I do this and it's attached to my account, what if this happens or what if that happens? So I always want to make sure that I have the most security attached to my account so that way it can't affect the company in a negative way. But nobody's 100% secure in anything, but you should always make sure you have that stuff in place. So community managers are truly never off. Community does not look at a community manager and think, oh, they work a nine to five because we don't. We're supposed to. I mean, not necessarily nine to five, but we are supposed to adhere to like normal hours and stuff like that. But dumpster fires, you know, they don't, they don't adhere to a nine to five. Um, spam bots and stuff like that does not adhere to a nine to five. So even if we're off, we're still technically looking at stuff all the time. So we don't get that break. Like a lot of people can just be like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, four o'clock on a Friday. I can just log out for the weekend and not have to worry. Community managers necessarily cannot do that, especially if there's only one community manager or if you do not have like a set group of admins or moderators. That community manager is the only one who's who's there to deal with all that stuff. So even if they're not on the clock, they still have that pressure to watch what's going on, to monitor, to check. And doing all of that can 
you know, it gets a bit overwhelming and frustrating. We also get nonstop pings and DMs. Again, community doesn't look at us as a nine to five, which is completely okay. Our job is to make sure that everybody is feeling safe, feeling heard, and are in a really great environment. So if they want to reach out to us and they're like, hey, you know, so-and-so is being abrasive or so-and-so is coming into my DMs and saying this or that to me, or, you know, they're stealing this from me or doing that. Most community managers, I'm not going to say all because I can't speak for everybody. Most community managers, regardless if it's like a Sunday at 10 o'clock at night, they're going to stop what they're doing and they're going to try to help that community. Um, I do try to set boundaries, which I've been trying to. So if it's not something that is like a 100% needs to be done right here, right now, I just tell them like, hey, you know, can I get back to you Monday morning and we can we can handle all this. And I've been really fortunate because everybody in the IGB Discord, the community is amazing and beautiful. And like, they're like, yeah, no worries, Pads. Like you do you, we'll talk about it Monday. Um, but if it's something that's really urgent, yeah, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to take care of it because I want everybody to feel safe. Like nothing feels worse than coming into a community and being like, nobody respects me here. Nobody cares if I'm being bullied or harassed or anything. And that's, that's not me. Like I want to make sure everybody's happy at all times. So another reason why there's a huge turnover rate for community managers is there's limited growth limited room for growth and opportunities. When you take on a job as a community manager, um, you might get to a point where it's like, man, I've been doing this for six years. How do I go into a more mature position? Like when can I start considering myself a senior or a lead community manager? Um, what other responsibilities can I take on that kind of fit within my, my job scope, but maybe gives me a little bit more to move, to grow with. Um, it's really hard when you get into that stage of just being really uncertain and not knowing like, you know, am I going to be able to grow with this? And especially with AI, there's so much new stuff that's being integrated that makes our jobs obsolete in certain areas. Um, Jay, plug your ears. Um, so there's definitely some some concern over is AI going to replace me at some point? If you can completely automate everything within your Discord and you can automate, you know, a ton of stuff on social media, well, what what's the point? What's the point in having a community manager? There's many reasons why you should have one. I'm saying like internally, a lot of community managers are having this discussion with themselves where the future definitely feels a bit dark for us because AI is just the new thing, you know, and I'm not talking bad on AI. I utilize it in my work pretty much daily, but with having like everybody being able to automate stuff, which is great for us because it can take off a lot of load from our work schedule, it can also make things a bit sketchy because we don't know. Maybe in a year's time, Discord will be completely automated. You know, you'll just have to type in a few codes and boom, <laughs> Discord will do everything for you. And I mean, Discord's growing and cultivating every single day, which is frustrating. Um, but yeah, it's just, you definitely will come to that point where you just, you're a bit concerned over what lies ahead for yourself as a community manager.
All right. So another reason there's a huge turnover rate is community managers tend to become personal assistants. Please do not do this to your community manager. We are not hired to be your personal assistant. We are not hired to handle duties and tasks that you just can't be bothered to do. Make sure you know there are clear guidelines for your community manager and a clear job scope that like if you do need them to step in to handle some stuff for you, totally okay. But don't just expect that a community manager is your personal assistant. They are not and you're going to irritate them. Sometimes community managers are going to feel torn between company and community. It is really hard. Um, so I'll use an example. In a previous community management role, I knew that the company was falling apart and I knew that it was going under. I obviously signed an NDA and could not say anything to the community. The community was super upset, which they should be, and they were completely left in the dark without even the slightest hint that there was issues on the back end. So I have a very strong moral compass and I always want to do what I think is right. And for me, community is always like the top of my, my mind. It's what I want to do, what I want to protect. However, if you sign an NDA or you're working for a company that's literally helping you pay your bills, you have to keep in mind that what is best is doing what the company asks. So internally, you're going to be so torn because you're going to want to be there and you're going to want to advocate for the community, which you can on the back end. But community, in a sense, is going to feel like you abandoned them. And that, that trickle down comes into like our DMs where, again, we're being belittled and bullied and just harassed. But legally, we couldn't say anything, even if ethically we wanted to. So that being torn between company and community is another reason why it's just such a huge turnover rate, because you're eventually going to get to that point where it's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I feel bad every day, <laughs> you know, because in a sense, you're lying, but you know, you're not really because you signed NDAs and all that. So that's just a really terrible situation to be put in. And I've been put in it twice. I've been put in it twice and it was, it was terrible. <laughs> um, we also have burnout from hitting the ground running. Typically, if it's, say it's a new indie game, they're never going to, um, no, Jay did not do that. <laughs> I saw this little comment. Anything I'm talking about is not IGB related. I just want to clear this up. This has nothing to do with my team or anything like that. This is just experiences and conversations I have had with other community managers. So anyways, back on track. So burnout from hitting the ground running. So if it's a new indie game, you know, you guys are a new studio. This is your first game that you're launching. You're not going to have a community manager for your project prior to the one that you hire. So they're going to come in and they're going to be, you know, building a discord and coming up with all the rules and, you know, helping to change and to build everything. And that will also apply for social media and all of that. So we come in and we're, we're tackling all these huge things and we're just like, um, 
you know, focused on getting all that done and then you just get so burnt out from doing it. Or you're brought on to a team that already had a community manager and that community manager is no longer part of the team. And say they let the community have really toxic behavior or, you know, just it's just not a good feeling within that community. So the new community manager is going to have to try to change all of that, get the community where they should be, and it be a positive environment. So if you're trying to just change everything, but also pave the way at the same time, that can lead to a lot of burnout. And you're probably saying they're thinking, well, I mean, that's their job. You know, shouldn't they be used to it? Yeah, we are used to it. But we're also very particular and we all have our own styles. Every single community manager is different. We all have our own styles. We all have our own likes and dislikes. So if you come into something that's just an absolute disaster, you come into something that's never been built before, you want to always set that bar as high as possible. So when you're working and you're working and you're working and you're striving and you're putting all of your being into it, yeah, you're going to get burnt out. And it's okay if you get burnt out. You need to have open conversations if you get to that point. So another reason why there is such a huge turnover rate. A lot of us use community management as a stepping stone. It's crazy how many positions community management can merge into. Um, So say like one of my dreams is to be a partner manager. I've always wanted to do it something like I absolutely crave to do. Um, And a lot of people start as a community manager to grow into that position. So I've always kept that in the back of my mind. And it's, you know, it's just super typical for all of us. A lot of us start out as streamers. And then once you, you're managing your own community and you're, you're being mods for like your streamer friends and stuff like that. It's kind of like, man, this is all super simple and easy and I get this and I want to do it. But then you're always like, well, but what's on the other side? What's past community management? So it's completely okay to use community management as a stepping stone. And it's completely okay to have your community manager find a different position that is within their dream. And, you know, move on. Your community manager has set you up for success, hopefully. And, you know, maybe has even taken the time to help train somebody fill their shoes. So it's it's not a negative thing to use community management as a stepping stone. But it is a reason why there is such a huge turnover rate. All right. On to discovering a community manager strategies and approaches. All right, I'm going to give you five strategies for recruiting your perfect community manager. This may not apply to you. You may already have a community manager or you may not utilize any of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about. That is okay. There are way more than five strategies to find a community manager. I'm just going to touch base on a couple of them. So the first one is you guys can use game-specific forums and communities. Anywhere that you guys can talk about your game, you can also try to find a community manager there. Make sure that they are passionate about indie games. Make sure you're not just finding a community manager that's like, I just want to do AAA all day, every day. 
that's probably not going to be a very good fit for you. So make sure like they're there for the right reasons. Social media platforms. I have Twitter on here. We know it's X. I'm old Twitter. So you can use X, LinkedIn, Reddit, wherever. Use specific hashtags and try to find people on those as well. I know last IGB session, I can't think of her name. I feel bad about not remembering her name. She literally posted on um, Twitter saying like, hey, I'm really interested in community management. Anybody give me a job? And she ended up working for, I can't think of the name of that either, but they made, oh my gosh, Peglin, Dylan. I can't think of the studio's name, but anyways, that's exactly how she got it, just by posting on social media. So it could be as simple as that, just being like, hey, you know, my name is Ash. I'm looking for a community management job. I have, you know, X amount of years of experience. Is anybody hiring? And then you never know. You could find that and find your perfect community manager. Or if you're looking for a job as a community manager, you might find the perfect studio who reaches out to you just because you did something as simple as just a, an introduction post on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook, wherever. You can also use job boards and freelancing platforms. So Indeed, Glassdoor, and then Fiverr is really great for finding freelancing stuff. Um, I know I have tons of friends who use Fiverr for a ton of stuff. I personally have not used it, um, but it's a really good place to look at, especially if you do not want like a full-time community manager. You just want somebody who can set you up with the bare bones structure of a Discord. You could probably find somebody on Fiverr for really cheap to just build you a Discord. You, you tell them exactly what you need, what you're interested in, and, you know, hey, this is my budget. I don't know how to build a Discord. Can you build Discord for me? So you can even take those baby steps. It's just getting those simple things ready. We talk about it all the time, and I know a lot of people are like, but why? So you should have your community in place for your game ASAP, just like with marketing. You're going to want to start marketing. First, don't leave your marketing until last. Same with communities. Get your community started. Don't leave it to last. You obviously don't want to string your community along for like six years with no information, but you want to start thinking about community. You want to start thinking about your online presence and all of that. So finding a community manager or just finding somebody who can give you the bare bones structures for stuff, it's great. You want to keep that always in the back of your mind. You can also find community managers at gaming events and conferences. So we have GDC coming up. We just had Dice. I don't know how many community managers are possibly there because I feel like that's a bit of a stretch, but stuff like packs and you know little tiny conferences stuff like that you're gonna find a community manager somewhere somewhere you know and word of mouth you know like hey have you heard so and so is here they managed a community for this game you know they're kind of looking for a job right now you'll find them they're literally everywhere um community managers especially if they're gaming related community managers or nerdy just like you guys are, like we want to be at all these cool events. We want to be where the merch is. We want to be where our people are. You will find us like literally just throw a stone. You'll probably hit a community manager somewhere. 
You can also collaborate with gaming influencers and content creators. Used to be a content creator. Like I said before, I was a, I was a partnered streamer with Mixer. Um, we definitely always want to work with devs. We always want to do something. We want to be helpful. We want to show your game. We want to talk about stuff. We want to be as involved as possible. You can find a community manager that way as well. Um, so many of us started in streaming. So if you already have a streamer that you, you do a lot of work with, um, that you're comfortable with, that is already active within your community, pull them aside, have a talk with them, you know, like, hey, are you available to even just like part time with us or something like that? Like you would be surprised how many people would instantly jump on an opportunity to help expand and evolve and just grow with the community. So utilize the people that are already within your network. Uh, again, word of mouth, stuff like this coming to, you know, virtual conferences and you know, in-person conferences, you're, you're going to find somebody or you're going to find somebody who knows somebody. It's, it's, it's really not super difficult to find a community manager, but you definitely want to make sure that you're thinking about community pretty quickly into your development process. Because if you let it go too late, then you're not going to have the traction that you need to, to grow it. It's, a community does not grow overnight. Um, and anybody who comes and says, hey, I can give you 10,000 followers within an hour, they're going to be bots. Please don't fall for that either. You want an organic. Um, even if organic equals slow, it is better to have 10 active, like truly passionate and active community members than it is to have 10,000 silent bots. If you have 10 people who are passionate about your game, about your community, about what you are doing, those 10 people are going to tell their friends. And in return, their friends are going to tell their friends. And you're going to get this beautiful organic coming together from that. Please do not buy bots. You may be tempted. It might be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to push this to a publisher. I want to show them that we have a 50,000 member discord. Publishers are going to do their, their research. They're going to join that discord. And then it's just going to be crickets and there's just nothing going on there. Um, if I was getting involved with a project and they're like, hey, Ash, you know, join our Discord. You know, we're really interested in bringing you on. And I got in there and it was just silence. I would be like, ooh, do, do I really want to do this? Or if I got in, it was just like 10 people who are super passionate and they're just talking. And it's just this amazing environment. I'd be like, yeah, like this is what I want to do. And as a community manager, vet the Discord before you want to sign up for the job. If you are not looking at the community prior to applying to the job, like shame on you because you should know what that community is already like. You should know what their socials are like, what their forums are like, how everything is. Um, if you don't, that's like a huge... Me personally, that's a huge red flag because why would you want to be involved in something that you know nothing about? So make sure you are doing your due diligence as well. Just like, you know, everybody who's looking at you to hire, please make sure you are looking into them as well. Like, look and see what's going on because you don't want to find yourself in this super toxic environment and then being like, oh no, what did I get myself into? Think about 
your mental health and doing good things for yourself. So vet the Discord, vet the community before you agree to anything. Now remember, clearly outline responsibilities, expectations, and culture to candidates when you're hiring a community manager. Assessing their passion for your game, communication skills, and community management experience in the gaming industry. Keep in mind, not everybody's going to know your game. But as long as they're passionate about, I guess, your genre, like the genre that you picked is really good. Um, you definitely don't want somebody who only likes cozy games and only plays cozy games and your game is like a shooter, looter, zombie. It might not be the best fit for them, but they might also have like amazing skills that you didn't think about and they could you know, change to love your game, but you do want to try to keep it to where they're passionate at least about the genre. So that way it's not like two completely different things like cozy and zombies. They don't really go together. They do. People have wide varieties. I love a bunch of different things, but if you only specifically like one thing, it might not work out for you. All right, cultivating community strategies for retaining your community manager. So I know we already kind of talked about the safety preparedness, but you do want to make sure that you have a plan set in motion to keep not only your team and yourself safe, but also your community manager. If your community manager is pointing out where there is weak spots in your security chain, please listen to them. They were hired for a reason. They do have their own expertise. So if they're like, hey, like, uh, this is a bit dodgy. We should definitely look into upping our security on this or we shouldn't have all these accounts attached because it could lead to somebody being hacked, which then in return could get us hacked. Listen to them. But make sure you have some sort of safety preparedness already set out for yourself, your team and your community manager. You want to make sure that you are checking in on your community manager's well-being. I've talked about mental health. I've talked about burnout. I've talked about the stress and all of that that comes with being a community manager. Make sure you check in with them. Make sure that you're just like, hey, how are you feeling? How's it been? Especially if you see them being harassed in the Discord or on a forum or whatever. And you know, like, it's been pretty rocky for them lately. They've been dealing with people who are just a tad on the defensive side or whatnot, just do a simple, hey, I know that must be hard. You know, I appreciate everything you do for us, but how are you feeling? Just being acknowledged for being the company punching bag in a sense, it it can definitely help a community manager not feel as like overwhelmed. So check in on them, make sure they're resting, make sure they're taking actual time off. They're supposed to have time off. Let them have that time off. Just let them have that like rest and relaxation. Um, make sure that there's also versatility and communication. Be open with your community manager. If you see that your community manager has skills that could be utilized somewhere else, talk to them. They're like, hey, are you interested in, you know, running a newsletter? Say that wasn't in their their original scope. Like, hey, are you interested in doing this? Or hey you know, we would love somebody to to take part more in QA. How do you feel about that? Stuff like that. Like literally just having these 
open communication and versatility and all that, you know, you never know where your community manager might be able to help you, what they're interested in. But then also make sure if they say like, hey, I'm not feeling this, like this isn't working out for me, I'm not comfortable, that you you try to take those tasks off of their shoulders. I know people are hired for a reason and we all do stuff that we're not comfortable with, that we don't really know much about. And that's that's typical for any job. However, your community manager is going through a lot <laughs> with the community and all their other responsibilities. So to prevent burnout and to prevent them from just, you know, feeling overwhelmed and unsure in themselves and unsure about their career, help them out. Just take take a load off that doesn't need to be theirs. Um, it's okay to put us in positions for like transition. So if, if we're in this weird transition period where you desperately need somebody to work on, you know, project A until you can hire someone. And if your community manager is able to do project A, then yeah, put them in there, but don't keep them in there long-term because they have other stuff they need to do. And having all these extra responsibilities is definitely going to lead to burnout. So you also want to have transparent career paths. Um, we all want to grow. I don't think there's many community managers that's like, no, I just want to be a community manager until I retire. Um, kudos to them if that's what they want to do. But we all definitely want to grow and we we want to learn new things. And, you know, we want to have those more mature roles and stuff like that. So being able to have these transparent career paths and having open conversations with your CM and saying like, hey, you know, we have this open. Are you interested in learning it? Or, you know, so-and-so thinks you would be a great fit for this. How do you feel about it? You know, that could open up so many doors, not only for your, your community, well, your studio or whatever, but for your community manager as well. Um, just avoid pushing them into stuff that's way out of their, their job scope. If you hire a community manager, don't think that they're going to know how to do like dev work. They may know certain things, but yeah, they're, don't just throw them to the wolves and be like, oh, they can figure it out. They're good. No, you're, you're definitely going to lose them. And it's not, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for your team. It's not good for your community manager. And it's definitely not good for your community. All right. <laughs> I know we're getting short on time, so I'm going to try to be a little bit faster. Um, so I'm going to go over a few ways that I stay organized. I have ADHD. I have combination. Jay, stop. <laughs> I have combination ADHD. So I have like the hyper and then the inattentive. Um, so this stuff works for me. You might think, hey, this is a bit over the top. Why does she have to do all this? I have to because it won't get done. So maybe some of the ways that I stay organized and I say on top of things that I do day after day will help you. If not, you know, disregard. <laughs> I'm not your mom. I don't tell you what to do. So ways that I stay organized, object placement. So if somebody messages me and they're like, hey, Ash, I need you to do this, you know, but just do it whenever. Just have it to me by like end of day Friday. No, I can't have it to you by end of day Friday. Because the second I stop looking at this, I'm going to completely forget about it. You know, it's just going to be like, whatever. Oh, Friday. And then I'm going to find the note. 
and it's going to be end of day Friday and I've not even started it. And then I'm just going to stress and panic. And nobody likes that. Nobody likes a stressed ash to begin with. I don't like a stressed ash. So I just do stuff as soon as I get it, unless I'm already working on something that's like really big that I can't put to the side, you know, then it's not, that doesn't take top priority. But if I'm just doing like, I don't know, random stuff that I don't have like a a deadline on, yeah, that gets pushed to the side. I get that project done ASAP. I also have a weekly prep routine. (laughs) So I plan everything out Friday. So at the end end of my day on Friday, um, I will plan the following week out. So I plan all of my meetings. I plan all of my, um, that I know of, obviously. I plan all of my like stuff that I know I have to get done. It's, it's top priority. And then I plan it down through my list of what's gonna take me either the shortest or the longest. If it's something that like I don't really enjoy doing, I'm going to try to get it out first thing in the morning. I just, I want to be done with it. So that way, you know, I'm not sitting and stressing about it all day thinking like, hey, I have to do this. I don't want to do this, but I have to do it. Um, So I just get that out of the way, you know, like least favorite thing, just get it done. Um, But (laughs) I have to check, like track everything and with my routine, but it helps me because you know, like say Jay's like, hey, Ash, when did you send out this email about, you know, a collaboration with, you know, GGJ? I can then just go to my tracker list and my accountability and be like, oh, yeah, I did it on this, which I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, I know I already I have to talk about that in a bit. So we'll move on. I also have a time check strategy. Um, so I typically know how long it takes me to work on like a, 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 a simple project. You know, it should only take me a little bit of time. If it gets to the point where I'm just having a really bad like ADHD day, like I can't focus, I can't get stuff done. Like I'm just all over the place. My brain's just saying no, which it happens. Um, I know then to just like move on. If, if, if a task that should only take me 30 minutes, I've been sitting here for an hour and a half struggling to get it done. Then I know it's time to go downstairs, get a water, you know, maybe move around a bit, put on some music. I listen to like crazy heavy techno to get my brain where it needs to be to get back on track. So having that time check strategy of just knowing like, hey, this typically only takes me a half an hour. I'm two hours in. Let's push this to the back and let's get all these other little things done and then come back to it. It helps me. It may help you. I have extreme reminders for basic tasks. I am not exaggerating. Everything is set as a reminder for me. I know I have to put TikTok out every Monday morning. I know I do. Will I forget if I don't say, hey, reminder, program TikTok? You bet I will. Even though I do it every Monday. I still will forget. Um, So just having those over the top crazy reminders, it helps me, may help you, may not. Um, And it's probably like over the top. People are like, why would you need all this? But I definitely do because I will for sure forget. I also have an accountability spreadsheet. Um, 
as I mentioned before, say Jay is like, hey, Ash, when did you send out this, this, and that? I can literally just look at my spreadsheet, be like, I sent it on Monday at 6.15 in the morning to so-and-so. You know, this way, you know, I'll have all the information I need because five minutes after I send it, I'm going to forget. I'm not going to remember who I talked to or when I did it or if it was actually sent unless I have my accountability spreadsheet. So if you find yourself being like, when did I do this? You know, get yourself a spreadsheet. Also, I have my own personal Discord. And in my own per personal Discord, I test out bots. I have copy-paste information for like IGB, stuff like that. I even have like color codes for the specific coloring that we use like in our, our um, logos and whatnot. All of that's within my Discord. The only I can see, none of like the people who are in my Discord can see. Highly, highly suggest getting your own personal Discord, testing out bots there, keeping copy paste ready information if you're a community manager. So that way, you know, it's all there. You don't have to go digging for stuff. You don't have to like go through 60,000 files to figure out where stuff is. You have it. You know the bots are going to work. It's all dandy. Oh my gosh, there's more to this. I'm so sorry, Jay. Um, I'm also a Lord Mastery. Uh, my phone is literally just nonstop, nonstop alarms. Um, I will forget, like I said, I will forget that I have a Monday 9 a.m. meeting, even though I always have that Monday 9 a.m. meeting. I will get so focused on what I'm doing that it's just going to slip my mind and I'm not going to show up unless I my phone goes off. And my phone didn't go off the one day and I showed up late to a meeting and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So it happens. Um, I'm very blunt. <laughs> I'm not abrasive. I actually have friends that I use to proofread stuff. So if I'm sending something serious and I want to make sure that I'm having a good tone with it, my friends will be like, you know, Ash, this is either coming off a bit weird or a bit confusing or no, this is great. Don't overthink it. I know I talked about AI earlier. I do use chat GPT and I do use Grammarly, especially if my, my proofreading buddies are not around. I use it to help me find my own, like not my own tone, but a tone that seems more neutral. And I don't have to sit and second guess, like, did that come off as abrasive? Was I a bit too blunt, too forward? Um, and then to keep the momentum going, when I have idle time, I'm always working on stuff in the future. And my coworkers are all like, yeah, Ash, like you get stuff done and you're so far ahead and we're so proud of you. And it's like, yeah, because if I don't, I'm going to have a Sims moment where I'm standing in my living room with like a bottle of kitchen spray in one hand and a cat toy in the other hand. And I'm just like, what is going on? How did I get here? Literally Sims moment. My autonomy is just gone. And I wake up and I'm like, I don't know how I got here. So if I don't keep the momentum going, yeah, I, I'm just going to go on this crazy side quest and I never know when I'm going to come out of the side quest. So keep the momentum going if you are like me and go on side quests. All right. So this is just a little example <laughs> of my routine. So I have my spreadsheets, uh, my alarms, Discord, me planning out stuff way in advance. This is my everyday life. Again, might not work for you, might seem a bit over the top, but it works for me. So I like it. My team likes it too. We're done. I'm so sorry. That went on way too long. Uh, thank you. I'm so sorry. 
So what the rest of you could not see was me laughing in the background while I'm making comments in chat and completely throwing Ash off of her game. But trying not to read the comments and seeing <laughs> Jay underneath of me laughing is really distracting. <laughs> it's it's training. One, let me tell you, you are fantastic. You are awesome. I absolutely adore having you on the team. Uh, I'm going to ask a question, and then mm -hmm. if we've got time, we'll get one or two more. But I'm everyone so knows discord.gg slash Indie Game Business. We've got the chat room there. You are in the wonderful position of being neurodiverse and working with a neurodiverse boss. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with me? <sighs> Um, oh, it's a bit of good. Dan, can we go back and count the number of times she has sighed in this thing? <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, go ahead. No, I think it's funny when we have one-on-one -on -one meetings because we both go down rabbit holes. And I mean, we're, we're there for a five-minute meeting, but it's 45 minutes in. I don't know how we got to this rabbit hole, but we're there and we're having fun and it's great. What can be a bit overwhelming for me is when I'm like hyper-focused on something and I'm getting it done and you're just like, Ash, I completely forgot about this. It has to go out today. And then I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you know, like that's probably like the only time that it's like, man, this is throwing a wrench. I know, Bubby. Um, but no, it's, it's honestly, I feel, I feel seen and heard and understood having a boss that is also ADHD and we're we're both the same kind of ADHD which makes it even like cooler because we completely understand how our brains can go from one to the other. So I love it. I love it. All right. Awesome. That's that's fantastic. Very um, long answer. Sorry. Let me tell everybody out there that Ash once sent me an email and this is this is bragging on her on explaining to me how to manage her and completely on target. I don't know where that email is now. Um, it's sure it's in my <laughs> backlog somewhere, but <laughs> it's there. Um, all right. So quick questions. Let's see how many we can get through before Dan's ready. Yeah, um, I'm so sorry, guys. I will be in the discord though. So you did, you did fantastic. So from the discord, gamers can be playing from around the world in any time zone. Are there strategies for having multiple support people on a rolling schedule? Uh, yeah. So honestly, especially if it's just something as just needing like mods, see who's active during those time zones, see who's active and involved and just super awesome and trustworthy. And then having those open discussions with, Hey, like we're short for a mod for, you know, like, I don't know, time zones, but like, say you're looking for a specific mod that understands Chinese and is active during those times you know, just have those conversations with them. It's super easy, laid back, and it does not have to have money attached to it. Sometimes a lot of people who are passionate about a community will be passionate about having a mod spot and doing everything they can. Um, I'm, I'm involved in a ton of gaming communities where it's just basically all mod ran. You should always have a community manager to at least oversee everything, but you can also utilize community to help you in your, your game. I don't know if I answered that. Sorry. <laughs> All right. From Nate on YouTube, how far in advance should you start building a community? Obviously, six years is a long time to string them along, but any thoughts on how long a community should build before launch? Um, I think you need to be realistic in when you think you're going to launch. So if you think it's going to be a six-year launch, 
start looking for community at that five-year mark. Start really thinking about where you want to be active. If you want to be just on Reddit or if you want to be a Discord-based community or if you want to be everywhere, start then letting people know like, hey, you know, this is what's what we're thinking about doing and, you know, we're looking for some testers or we're doing this or we're doing that. Like definitely start looking at community, I'd say about a year in advance. Um, you don't want to wait too long because if you wait too long, then you're you're going to miss some opportunities to really have that community grow with you and be there from the start. And it's it's just a shame if you don't if you don't utilize it. All right. We got time for one more. <laughs> Sorry. Quick, quick, quickly, quickly. I get discouraged because our Discord is often silent. I'm trying my best, but we don't have a dedicated community manager. Even with having a, a dedicated CM, there's it's going to be silent. Our IGB Discord can get silent sometimes. You have to just keep in mind that Discord's like any social media. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be active. It's gonna be quiet. You have to think of what's going on, like in the industry like last week with dice it was pretty quiet in the discord because a lot of people were doing dice stuff if it's like towards the end of a quarter where it's crunch mode for a lot of people um it's going to be quiet holidays going to be quiet don't get discouraged it happens just try to think of ways you know think of ways that are outside of the box to get people motivated but even then that doesn't always work you have to be able to be comfortable in that silence and know that it doesn't necessarily reflect badly. It's just a part of Discord. It happens. Don't let it discourage you. Ash, thank you so much. Not only for the talk, but for everything that you do and, and hurting the cats in my brain and all that kind <laughs> of wonderful stuff. Uh, Ash is obviously available on the Discord. If you have more questions, we have room set aside for it. We are going to bounce right now into our next talk. So we'll see you in about 30 seconds. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you so much.